Bible Interact is a group of Bible scholars and biblical archaeologists who promote the Hebraic nature of Scripture and view the two Testaments as one unified message. They explain how they use a first-century approach to searching the Scriptures, and they share their methods and discoveries for discussion and dialogue. They invite your comments and participation on BibleInteract.tv, where you can also find more teachings, self-study quizzes, webinars, and interviews. Shalom, I'm Dr. Diana Dye with Foundations in Torah and Bible Interact TV. Welcome to Bible Interact Presents. We're going to start a new series here. It's called The Fig Tree. And we're going to look at a lot of different aspects of the fig tree, probably some that you've never considered before. I know many would say the fig tree represents Israel, but I'm going to show you something a little deeper than that. Certainly it is connected to the kingdom of heaven and certainly, again, a symbol of Israel itself. One of the things I found very intriguing was a quote by Rashi. Of course, a lot of the sages, ancient sages, thought that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was actually a fig tree, and that simply just makes sense. But Rashi said, By the very thing by which they were disgraced were they restored. And I thought that was a rather interesting statement, so that something in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which he associated with the fig tree, was going to bring about their restoration somehow. So I did a little work on that to see if I could figure out what he meant. And so there's a lot to this. Now, one of the things I just want to mention is typically in Scripture, trees are a metaphor for people. So as we go through this, keep that in mind as we're talking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil being a metaphor for, for people. And so this tree that's going to bring about their disgrace is also going to bring about their restoration somehow. And certainly we know they ate from the tree, they ate the fruit from the tree, and from that fruit it contained seed. That seed would be diminished uh, in terms of the new life that would come forth. And so we want to see how this associates with with the kingdom of heaven. Now, many of you may know that the fig tree sitting under your vine and your fig tree was an idiom for the kingdom. We see that certainly in John chapter 1. We'll talk about that in just a second. But the context here of sitting under your vine and your fig tree being associated with the kingdom was then connected to the time of the messianic kingdom. And that's the time, of course, that we see that the redemption will come. So how can there be restoration in the fig tree? So we have to go all the way back to the beginning And we will be looking in Genesis, if we go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 in particular. If you'll recall, it was on the third day of the creation week that fruit trees were created. And the third day is always associated with redemption in Scripture. Certainly, you know, on the third day we have resurrection in a number of examples, and certainly the example of Yeshua the Messiah. So something special takes place on the third day. Also on the third day, we have seed that comes forth. And that's another key, and you'll see that as we get into talking about the fig tree. Now, on the third day, we have the creation week. We have fruit trees were created. We have seed coming forth. Now, let me just read a verse here. Genesis 1, 11, it says, Let the earth sprout fruit trees, making fruit after its kind, that its seed is within it on the earth. So we just want to think about that in terms of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now the word here, let the earth sprout, is interesting. 
to sprout, in this case, comes from a root uh, deshe. And this is really the only time in all of scripture that this word deshe is used as a verb. We have a couple of other examples where it's used as a noun, but in, in this place it's used as a verb, this idea of to sprout. And we don't see this word anywhere else. Uh, we also do see it in Hazinu, Deuteronomy 32, but again used as a noun. The one you'll recognize the most would be from Psalm 23. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And the word there for green pastures has to do with deshe, this sprouting. What the sages tell us about this particular verse is that it is God doing the sprouting of the seed here. So this is key, Genesis 1.11, the earth sprouting fruit trees and making fruit after its kind with the seed in it. So God is doing the sprouting of the seed here. The sages say that this sprouting of a seed was within itself. And so that eventually it would be planted elsewhere by someone else. So you have this image of a man who would take the seed that was planted within itself, the sprouting here done by God, the man would take the seed and he would scatter it. And of course, from seed would come forth uh, a plant and fruit ultimately. And we think about the kingdom itself being scattered to the four corners of the earth. So scattering is a good thing, even though we know that Israel had gone into to exile. She had been uh, removed out of her land and scattered to the four corners of the earth. And we looked at, look at that as a, as a negative thing. But really, there's something um, something powerful in that that's communicating the spreading forth of the kingdom of heaven. So a man would, of course, have to scatter the seed first in order for the ground to yield its fruit. And when we get to Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, we have the same concept of sprouting, but now we have a different word. And it says, literally, and sprouted God from the ground every tree desirable to the sight and good for food and the tree of life in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so again metaphors for people we have these trees they're in the midst of the garden of course the garden is a picture of the temple it's really the first temple the first place of the presence of god on earth and so we have these two trees in the midst and the sprouting here is is communicating that the sprout the seed that was planted in the earth by a man, this particular seed that's coming forth was the result of a man planting the seed, not God doing it. And a, a different word is used here, and the word that's used is samak and not deshe. Now, you might recognize samak, the branch, but it actually is a sprout, and that's a little bit different. So the translation for it, samak, is sprouted or to spring up or appear, and this sprout would come forth from the earth. Now we know that Yeshua is referred to as the Zemach or the righteous branch. Think of him as the righteous sprout. And when does it come forth? On the third day. And so we have our pattern here of the resurrection of the dead. And of course, in uh, this, the thinking of the sages, Zemach was actually a name for the Messiah. And of course, we know that. So there, the idea in all this is that God is was already preparing a way for the restoration of all, of all mankind because he was going to provide the zamak or the sprout to come forth. Uh, Jeremiah 23.5 tells us uh, it's described as a tzamak tzadik or the righteous sprout being raised up. 
being raised to David. So it's not really a branch. It's more like a sprout. Also in Zechariah 6.12, it says, Yehoshua, the high priest, the man whose name is the Tzemach, or sprout, and he shall sprout out and sit and rule on the throne. So you see, again, the association with the Messiah, the sprout that would come forth, and pointing to the kingdom of heaven at the time that they would sit under their vine and their fig tree. Also in the liturgy itself, in the Amidah prayer, the second prayer is called God's Might or Givarot, and it says, O King who causes death and restores life and makes salvation sprout. Mazmiak Yeshua. So even in that, you can hear the name of Yeshua, salvation, and the sprout, Mazmiak, which would be, would be the noun. So it is Messiah that is the sprout that would bring deliverance and, of course, ultimately the kingdom of heaven on earth. Now, God knew the man would obviously eat from the wrong tree, and that would bring about his destruction. So in this, God provided this, this sprout to bring his redemption. So we go back to what Rashi said. By that by which they were disgraced, were they restored? Now, I, I want to pick up on this idea of the trees being people. So this is from a Midrash, which is just sort of an interpretive story. Uh, it says that when Adam ate the fruit, he was cast out of the garden, and that he appealed to all the trees, but they would not receive him. They said, that is the trees, Behold a deceiver who deceived his creator. But, they go on to say in this Midrash, the fig tree opened its doors and received him. So it's kind of an interesting, again, there's this association between the fig tree and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now I'd like to read something out of Judges. This is Judges 9. We're going to probably start in verse 8 here. This is really a parable. This is a parable of trees. And this is nothing new. And we have parables all over the Old Testament, all over the Tanakh. But uh, unfortunately, we don't necessarily recognize them. So if we look in Judges chapter 9, a little background here is, uh, you'll remember Gideon, Gidon is his, his Hebrew name. He was the father of 70 sons from his many wives, and he also had a concubine from Shechem, or Shechem, who bore him a son, and that son was called Avimelech, who was not a good guy. So he was the son of, of Gideon, and he uh, actually slaughtered the rest of the family, except for one named Yotam, who was able to escape by hiding himself. So that's, that's the background of this. So it says that all the men of Shechem, or Shechem, and all of Beit Milo got together and went and made Avimelech king at the oak by the cult, uh, cult pillar in Shechem. When they told this to Yotam, he was the one who escaped, he went and stood on top of Mount Gerizim and shouted, Listen to me, you leaders of Shechem, then God will listen to you. And so here the parable starts. Once the trees went out to choose a king to rule them, they said to the olive tree, Rule over us. But the olive tree replied, Am I supposed to leave my oil, which is used to honor both God and humanity, just to go and hold sway over the trees? So the trees said to the fig tree, You come and rule over us. But the fig tree replied, Am I supposed to leave my sweetness and my good fruit just to go and hold sway over the trees? So the trees said to the grapevine, You come and rule over us. But the grapevine replied, Am I supposed to leave my wine, which gives cheer to God and humanity, just to go and hold sway over the trees? Finally, all the trees said to the thorn bush, 
which is Avimelech. You come and rule over us. The thorn bush replied, If you really make me king over you, then come and take shelter in my shade. But if not, let fire come out of the thorn bush and burn down the cedars of Lebanon. So there's a lot of imagery in this, and we're not going to go into all the trees, but we're going to talk about the fruit tree. Now, I hope you can see that there's now a connection between these trees and between kingship. So now we have something in the fig tree that has to do with the kingship of Israel. And also, there is a phrase in here that's quite significant, talking about taking shelter in my shade. Now, this is uh, really ancient thinking. But the idea of when one came under the shelter of the shade of the tree, one was coming under the sovereignty of that tree. So you think of Adam and Eve coming under the shade, if you will, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They were putting themselves under the sovereignty of that tree. So they were coming into that kingdom, I guess you could say. And so this is kind of key. So now we have this, the, the thorn bush is really representative of the, the kingdom of the enemy, uh, Avi Malik in this case. And actually the fig tree in this particular story hints at uh, Deborah who was uh, the leader over over Israel at that time. So Deborah was the king. So we have, this is, this is critical, especially as we go through uh, a number of these sessions. This is really the first session of probably will be about eight programs that deal with this. So this is key that we understand that the, this tree is, is more than just um, Israel in general, but is going to be something very specific and it has to do with leadership and kingship. So we go back to the garden and we find Adam and Hava. And of course, again, they're taking shelter or they're putting themselves under this other kingdom, if you will. And they eat the fruit. And literally, as they're eating the fruit, they're eating what's inside the fruit, which is the seed for the next generation. I found it quite interesting that of all the fruit that we eat, uh, the fig is the one that sh where you're actually eating seeds. And those little seeds inside of a fig fruit are actually the fig wasp. The fig wasp is what pollinates the fruit. And then it dies inside the fruit, where they call it a siconia. So Adam, in a sense, is literally eating the seed, the fig wasp, uh, that is inside the fruit, which has to do with the offspring that will come forth. Now, again, I mentioned that trees are metaphors for people, and even in this story, we can see something going on with Hava. It, it tells us that she took and she ate of the fruit, and that's an idiom. To take and to eat is an idiom. You, you find this also in Ruth, Ruth 14. To take and eat was an idiom for a marriage. So she took, if you will, it's hinting at a betrothal, and she ate is the joining together in the second stage of marriage. So she took and she ate and she was full Was is another part of it. You can read that at Ruth 4.18, 4, uh, 4, I believe, is where that is. And so in a sense, she's joined herself and Adam too in an unholy alliance is in a marriage. So they, it's like they've joined themselves in marriage to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And of course, what's going to come forth from their loins is going to be fruit that is diminished again, restoration will be needed. So if you will bear with me for a moment, I, it, it's like 
she committed adultery, if you will, to another lover. She joined herself to another tree. And I think this is one of the reasons why God compares his relationship with Israel in terms of spiritual adultery. We see that's the pattern over and over again in the scriptures that Israel to be his bride, that he, that he took in a betrothal relationship and all during the narratives of the Bible from the new Testament to the old, back to the old Testament, to the Tanakh, we see that Israel constantly, um, rejecting God as, as their, uh, as his, their groom, their future groom. So we read again with Rashi by the very thing by which they were disgraced, were they restored. So I want to give you another example of this way of thinking. This is in numbers 21 and we have another tree here. Now the, the quotes from some of the sages, it goes back to this tree or this pole, if you will. And again, we have the bronze serpent on the pole or on the tree. And it, we see the same pattern by that would, by which they were disgraced, would they be restored? Now, Rambam commented on this particular passage that the source of their destruction would be the source of their deliverance in referring to the serpent that was hanging on the pole. Of course, the context of this is that the people are asking Moses to pray to God to deliver them from the bite of the serpent. The actual word in there is that he would remove the serpent or the nachash. And so... We know that in the tree of the uh, excuse me in the garden, God did not remove the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He actually removed Havan uh, Adam, and he did not remove the serpent in the wilderness either. So God's way of doing things is not necessarily to remove them, but He does always provide a way to overcome them. So there was a way of escape in terms of overcoming the bite of the serpent. The, our word there for remove is sur, and it means really to turn the head and to turn the head through instruction or corrections. It has to do with sort of changing your mind or changing your direction in your head. So it seems to me that God is providing the word, the word of God, to turn your head or to change your mind and cause you to change directions. The key word here being repentance to repent, to shuv, to turn. And again, God doesn't always remove the obstacle in our lives that's preventing us from going forward. But if we let him, he'll use that obstacle to help us change directions. So there's a key here, changing directions in the heart and in the mind. And really, this is the key to the antidote. This is the antidote, really, of to the bite of the enemy, that is to repent. And so God often uses the enemy in the camp, doesn't he, to cause us to change directions. And of course, one direction that we should always be moving in, and that is up. This is from uh, Rosh Hashanah from the Talmud 29a. It says, when they looked upward and subjected their hearts to their father in heaven, then they were healed. So that's the key. Now, the, the fig tree is an amazing tree. And I hope as we go through these uh, weekly sessions that you'll see just how incredible it is. And it has an amazing ability to regenerate itself. And this is sort of emblematic of the kingdom of heaven. Now, uh, and I am going to get to the, the story of Mark in Mark 11, when Yeshua cursed the fig tree, but we've got a lot of groundwork to lay first before we get there. John one, of course, uh, the story of Nathanael, Nathaniel, whose name means the gift of God, who was described as being a true son of Israel, a righteous one, one in whom there was no deceit or no guile found in him. 
And so Yeshua perceived him as though he was already in the kingdom because how did he see him? He saw him under his fig tree. So he's basically saying, I saw you in the future in the redemption at the time of the kingdom. This idea of he was sitting underneath. Again, this idea of coming under the shade or shelter of a tree meant to come under that sovereign's leadership. And so Natanel, in, in where he was positioned, he's basically saying that he's coming under the sovereignty of God himself and that he will be sitting under the fig tree when we find the fig tree has been uh, restored. So um, hopefully you can see that pattern there. Now, this this application, I think let's go over to um, Micah chapter 4 because it also talks about the fig tree and being under the fig tree in the future. So Micah 4 begins with the Akarit Hayamim, talking about the mountain of God's house or the temple would be established as the most important mountain. It will be regarded more highly than other hills and peoples will stream there. And then we see, of course, the, the Gentiles, the Goim, or the nations going up. Come, let us go up to the mountain of God, to the house of the God of Jacob or Yaakov. And he will teach us about his ways and we will walk in his paths. And so out of Zion or Zion will come forth the Torah, the word of God from Jerusalem. And he will judge between many peoples and he will arbitrate uh, between uh, many nations and they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not ra raise swords at each other and they will no longer learn war. Now, instead, each person will sit under his vine and under his fig tree with no one to upset him. For the mouth of Adonai Tzvaoda, the Lord of hosts, has spoken. For all the peoples will walk, each in the name of its God, but we will walk in the name of Adonai, our God, forever and ever. So here we see them coming under their vine and under the fig tree. And this is all the pattern of restoration, coming under the fig tree, but talking about the fig tree in the future. What is it going to look like? What will it be restored to? How is it that that which brought their disgrace can bring about their restoration all questions that need to be asked and answered. And so God provides restoration in his way. Again, as we mentioned about turning the head through instruction, correction, direction, and he will provide that way through something called repentance, which is absolutely essential in the life of every individual. Now, the fig tree has some amazing character qualities to it. In the next couple of programs, we're going to talk about those qualities. Uh, let me just give you a little background here with the fig tree. Anciently, it was called an Egyptian sycamore with an O, not with the, in the United States, we have sycamore with an A, but this is with an O, sycamore. And the fig tree and its fruit have basically the same name. The Hebrew name is Te'ena. And the, the sort of root thinking in the word te'ena means that a male searches out a female for reproducing. So this takes us back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this program. Uh, the idea that to take and to eat meant joining in a marriage and what would come forth would be fruit from that marriage and contained in that fruit would be seed for the next generation or sons and daughters that would come forth. So this is the idea of being fruitful and multiplying. And so even in the very root of the word 
fig to Anna, we have the same idea of this reproducing and this coming forth of being fruitful and multiply. The fig tree, anciently called the Ficus carica, uh, goes back to Asia Minor about, about a thousand years before Moses. And it was a very sweet fig fruit that could handle um, colder temperatures. And of course, figs were high in protein and carbohydrates and great for long journeys. So we'll have to pick it up here next time. We'll, we'll talk more again about the character qualities of the fig tree and probably uh, go over this again. So I would just like to encourage you to go back and actually read Genesis 1 through 3 and get a little uh, better sense of the, of the fig tree being the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I'd like to refer you to my website, Foundations in Torah, www.foundationsintorah.com. Check it out. We can become a member and you can have access to all this, uh, the teaching that I have in various forms. So we'll see you next time and we'll be talking more about the fig tree. Shalom.